Hello, and welcome back to Behind the Mic with me, your host, David Cotter. This week's guest is fellow podcaster and host of Take Two, Debbie Shaw. Debbie moved to Ireland four years ago from Malta, and from what I've witnessed from listening to podcasts and watching her content online, she is integrated seamlessly into Irish culture. The episode touches on topics such as podcasts, podcasters, and what it takes to become a podcaster. We talk about issues like what it's like to be a woman in 2023, and whether or not men have the ability or should have the ability to speak on such issues. This podcast highlighted to me just how important it is to enter conversations that sometimes feel like they are off limits. While it might feel like at times, like we should not, and I'm speaking as a white man here, enter into the hottest topics in the political and cultural landscape, after the last two podcasts I've recorded, I realised that it may be more necessary than I thought. On Debbie's own podcast, she doesn't shy away from any issue, and she lives by that in her everyday life. She's laser-focused and determined to make her podcast one of the best, and I learned a lot from her. We will get into the episode very shortly, but again, can I ask something of you all first? Thank you to everyone for supporting the podcast so far, and I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. The response to this plea last week was so great, so let's try again, and I appreciate the help so much. The best way for you to support the Behind the Mic podcast so that I can keep attracting guests and having better conversations is by dropping a rating on the podcast on Spotify and subscribing on YouTube. I am aware that everyone may not be keen on sharing the podcast on their Instagram story or other platforms, but it certainly helps raise the profile of the show. So a share would be greatly appreciated if you think of it. So now, we are ready to begin episode 27 of Behind the Mic. So without further ado, Debbie Shaw, here we go. Yes, you can. Yes, you can swear on the recording. And we are recording now. So, um, Debbie, thanks for coming on. Hello. And, uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Are you not going to curse at least once in your opening statement? Thank you so fucking much for having me. Happy Thursday, my dudes. <laughs> That's the job. Um, OK, like we we had a small little micro conversation off the air there that was actually um it should not have been reduced to an off-air conversation but i'm sure we'll get to a lot of them points um throughout the podcast but i suppose a good place to start off is who is debbie and what does she do oh shit all right who is debbie debbie is a malteser in ireland a maltese person don't go around telling maltese (laughs) people that they're maltesers yeah yeah i'll get myself in trouble with the whole fucking island if i keep saying that so yeah i'm maltese i'm in ireland i've been living here for around four and a half years now i would people probably throw me in the category of podcaster which is weird Mm. but i do host a podcast like everyone else in dublin um, so yeah, I just really like asking questions and I'm curious about everything and I try and bring the best people on, on the show. Other than that, I'm a really small person. So I'm like five, two, I don't know my blood type, unfortunately. That's not enough detail. We need more details. No, yes. no. That would well, do... they fucking need my address. <laughs> yeah. Put it out there for everyone so they can send a hate mail for all the cursing you're going to do. TikTok's enough. Thank you so much, David. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so is um your podcast what what's what's the general theme of your podcast i've done like um a quick overview of it and i'm i must say that i'm like i this might be ignorant but is more is english your first language maltese 
Maltese. So I'm bilingual. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the the island is bilingual itself. Mm. So we speak Maltese and English equally. Um, so I grew up speaking English. Like when people usually compliment my English, I'm like, cheers, you have really good English too. <laughs> so it's like it's just a really different accent and if we were to like travel back home to malta you would get by normally it's mm. just like we switch over from maltese to english flawlessly within the same sentence so that's basically it like the one thing that i struggle with or struggled with now it's a little bit easier is saying an entire sentence in english Usually we just bounce from Maltese to English, like. Or, or really, so you're actually like, in, oh my god, yeah, because there's, we yeah, used to have yeah, an yeah. Irish teacher in school that used to be like that, like, and she'd say, mm. I was gonna say a full English sentence and say that's an example of it. I said jacket scarves, thank you. She used to always say, but that's a full mm. English sentence. Yeah, so that's not bouncing between. <laughs> No, no, no. But, but like you do get it. It's just like we used to bounce around. Obviously, Maltese is a full language itself. So if you're speaking Maltese fully. You don't throw in English words, although mm. it does have a very slight English influence. But um, casually, we do bounce around a little bit. And then it depends on the person on whether or not you're going to throw it. There she is. I don't know if people heard the bark upstairs. Um, sorry about that, by the way. She's 11 months old. It's like having a baby. Um, but yeah, then it depends on whoever like comes your way. You're either speaking in English fully, Maltese, or a little bit of Minglish, we call it. <laughs> and... Are both of your parents Maltese? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you're going to ask about my surname, I'm assuming. Shaw. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a, it, it's quite an English name in fairness. So with that, around the late 1800s, I believe, it would have been a Scottish woman and an Irish man that couldn't get married because That's they're Protestant, the <laughs> Protestant and Catholic. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's been lingering around for a long time. And they've had a lot of boys since then. So it's just the Shaw name has kept going down. But in terms of like my family three, it's quite an, in like I've hit all the British Isles in my DNA. Okay. But fully Maltese, it would be really embarrassing to say that I have Irish and Scottish in me at this rate. Yeah. Yeah, but all the same. I was going to ask you, um, what, what drew you to Ireland four years ago? Um, I want, I needed to get my master's degree or I wanted to in fairness. And this would have been around 2018 when Brexit was voted in favor to go through, but they wouldn't have finalized Brexit itself. So it was still very much in negotiation on what's going to happen and stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to stay within Europe. And I also want to have, um, I want to live in an English speaking country. So I, let go of moving to the UK mm. and I got into Scottish universities and Irish universities. So frankly, University of Galway took a 50 euro deposit rather than the rest of the universities. And I was deposit. like, I want, I, I got, I got into NUIG at the time it's University of Galway now, but I was like, lads, I, I guess I'm going to Galway. Like I want my 50 euros. Back. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's yeah, it. that's basically it. Yeah, and, yeah, 50 euros drew me to go away. And how come you wanted to study in um, the UK or Ireland? English-speaking country. That's basically oh, okay. it. It's okay. just I wanted to understand 
people like going about. I wanted to get on well with my education as well. And frankly, I, I suck at languages. Like even yeah. right now speaking in English, my grammar isn't the best, let alone if I were to start to oh, my try and learn a new too. language. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Oh my God. Jesus fucking Christ. Like <laughs> I'm so shit. I would have thought that by the age of 25, my English would be fine. Like I'm talking normally. Not really. Not really. No, you know, it's no. the worst. Clipping it up for social media. Try and not look like a dumbass. Like that's me all the time. I can't conduct a normal sentence. Yeah, but like I think I think you're actually are a very good speaker because I, I was even talking to my last guest about this, like, because he's um he, he does like reactions to to political and socioeconomic issues, like, and you know, the big ones, obviously, um the anti-vaxxers and all this kind of stuff has been the kind of big one that he's been on at the moment. But like what drew me to him was how well he could speak. Like, you know, mm. <clears throat> I agreed with some of his, you know, like takes on things, but more so than anything, it was the way he spoke and how he strung things together. And that's something that I thought as well, because I knew obviously that you had a very good grasp on English and it was actually probably better than mine, which is why I was thinking, I was like, I can't tell if this girl is foreign or not foreign. And I was like, you yeah. know, it's kind of like that kind of, South African vibe, you know, they're like uh, bilingual. South African. Ah, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, a bit exactly. of English, a bit of Dutch or whatever, Afghans. Mm. Um, but I was just interested because I was like, you you speak so well. Um, and there, there's something innately attractive about listening to someone that can speak well. And it's something that I have been working on myself. Um, but do you, like, do you purposely think a lot about how you speak so I've been trying to. I've really been trying to. So I'm sure that you might have gone through this phase. I still go through this phase. But because I edit my own podcasts, I'm always listening to myself mm. talk. So in saying that, you're also exposed to your own mannerisms. Funnily enough, right now, a common phrase I'm using is in saying that. But before I used to have for sure, before that I had kind of. Mm. And it kept on going. So I always try to see if I can get rid of those like filler words, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that I'm really trying to work on is embracing a little bit of silence. So one thing that I know for sure when it comes to these things is I often start speaking and then I change direction and I beeline into a different topic. And why do I do that? That's because I'm talking faster than I'm thinking. So rather than doing that, why won't I just like be quiet for a little bit and then just turn to where I want to go immediately, turn mm. on the indicator nearly if we are driving or like make putting this into a little sweet metaphor in that sense. So yeah, I do try to be aware of how I talk. I really want to get rid of the ums as well. I don't know yeah. if you have that as well. Oh, I yeah. really, I one hundred percent have that all all the time, and it's like mm. one of my things because I stayed away from listening to myself for so long. Definitely the first 10, 10 15 episodes. Like I would, I wouldn't edit it. I wouldn't go back in and listen to it because I was just so horrified at my own voice and the sounds. And then, like, I kind of go mm. through stages of being good at like doing what you're saying, like just embracing the silence, but also you're kind like, I know myself, I'm consciously thinking someone's going to be listening to this rather than I'm in the conversation with you. 
um, let's mm. enjoy it. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking, how is this going to come across to someone that's listening? If I stop here, if I stop in the middle of a sentence and mm. I've noticed myself giving myself that bit of leeway now. So when I'm mid sentence, mm. instead of pivoting to another you know, like uh, like you said, kind of just go on to another subject or, you know, you kind of get caught up. And I, I still do it, but I stop and I'm like, what do I want to say? You know, rather than just saying, oh, fuck it, let's just let's go this direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been trying to be really bloody transparent in my conversations where sometimes I just stop myself out loud and I go, where was I going with this? Or what was I trying to say? I could easily cut that out. But I go like, you know what, let me leave it in there. And maybe I might make myself look a little bit different, less professional in that regard. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be an academic, you know. Mm. I don't have a PhD. I'm not trying to promote something scientific and super important. I'm just here to have a casual conversation that I'm capturing. If that is my truth right now, this is my truth, you Mm. know. Yeah, like so, I'm just sticking with that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way to be because even my last episode, and I think as well, mm-hmm. it has something to do with the guest as well because I knew from the first couple of exchanges that we had in my last one that he was so much more incredibly intelligent and articulate than me on them topics anyway. Um, that I was kind of you know, he he did nothing to make me feel on it at unease, and of course, if you're listening. Um, I still want to have you back on. Um, but he, it actually put me into my shell. And I, I thought I was quite a confident person. <clears throat> and then during the episode, definitely the first 15 minutes. And you probably get this yourself anyway with a lot of guests. It's kind of like you're warming up to the conversation. You're kind of sussing out what type of answers you're going to get off someone. How long they'll kind of stay in one of their kind of monologues for, you know, like um, their own kind of side of the conversation. But I felt during my first couple of exchanges with Corey that I was just like so quiet and I would I was stuttering. But I'm listening to it back then. I was like, it sounds absolutely <laughs> fine. Like, but in my head, I was just like telling myself, oh, my God, you're so much less articulate than this guy. Just shut up and just ask him short, snappy questions. You know, I was I was really killing myself at the start of that episode for no reason. When I listened back, it was fine. But like, it, it's 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 a process and it kind of, it definitely goes through good and bad phases. Like, is that something that you experience too? All the time, all the time, especially when it comes to like, there's a difference between a guest that I am kind of not excited about, but I'm equally as passionate about the topic, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So like sports, sure. I can chat about it all the time. Um, anything, creative mindset related that's fine philosophy sure but then obviously you try and bring on those guests that are beneficial to the listener but also challenging for you mm-hmm. that's where the growth is at the growth is when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations so i always have that but then weirdly enough I leave those conversations going, huh, I wonder how that was. But I just 
leave it. So I'm not one of those people that like when I'm really excited about something or whatever, I don't listen back to the episode immediately. Mm. It's a really bad habit, but I probably let it linger on for a month sometimes. Why you don't and... you don't listen to your own episode right away? So no, 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 no. And it's really not that deep. It's just I have such a backlog of episodes that I kind of go record what's going to be published next week. Like oh, literally. You've, you've a pipeline yeah. like really far back that you just mm. kind of spit out. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Why do I have a pipeline? Um Good because <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I feel like you actually asked me this and we never tapped into it, but I would have had a short break in the summer of 2022 mm. where i had a lot of podcasts lined up and then they just cancelled on me like i just had like back-to-back cancellations mm. so then i kind of screwed myself over and i shot myself in the foot because then i had like two weeks left of guest episodes and i also wasn't in a mind state like mindset or mind state don't know what the real thing is but i wasn't in like I got enough spots to do solo episodes. I've still never done one. I've mm. been asked to do them and I've been toying with the idea, but it's not that the idea is intimidating for me for now, but it's more just like, I want to make sure that I know what to say. There is no point in me doing a solo episode to just n- not give something original, I've, if that I've, makes sense. I've done them and I've tended to ramble in them because of a lack of a framework. Mm. I've done I've done mm. maybe two or three. Um, I haven't done one in over a year, uh, purely mm. because of that. Like I like you, I didn't take a break last year, but certain guests just didn't come true for me. Well, I did take a break last year. That's a lie. But certain guests didn't come true for me. So from maybe July to November, kind of similar enough to yourself, actually, probably similar to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so get, I took a break. People get busy that time July, year August. or something. They don't get busy, David. Come on, let's be real. Yeah, the but sun's you, out. You you know yourself that it's actually so much easier for you to probably get um, a fellow podcast host onto your show than the regular Joe So or not the regular Joe So, but someone else that's you're interested in, maybe a lecturer that doesn't have a podcast because for podcast sure. hosts for sure. know the know the drill. They know how hard it is to get someone on. They're so willing with their time, mm. and like I think sometimes podcast guests like the thought of being asked the question because so rarely do they get to you know be figured out for themselves you know because we're always asking Mm. questions but rarely does anyone try to figure us out oh for sure for sure it's interesting though because like people's curiosity lingers around for a long time and Mm. then they usually come around like listen i've been listening to you for a while it's time for me to like say hi nearly Mm. like thank you for the podcast and those things come around rarely, but they really mean a lot to me because it's so strange because mm. I would have interviewed people and like from the people I would have interviewed, let's say maybe 10, 20 percent of them, I would have gotten to know further outside of the podcast. Yeah. And they always come back to me and they relay like the feedback. They're like so many people came around saying how good the episode was. They really sang um, they really gave good compliments about you, Deb, and all that. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, I didn't get one message, dude. Oh, stop. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to move. Yeah. yeah. And it was the first time that that was happening to me. So it was like the first exposure to my guests getting the compliments mm. for both parties and me getting nothing. Yeah. 
was I jealous? Yeah. Like yeah. my initial thing was, why are they getting it and not me? Yeah. Not because it's kind of like similar to a football game. Let's put it that way. It was as if I was the winger or the midfield and technically the defender doing all the work in order for the pass the ball for the striker to score a really sexy goal. Mm-hmm. That was basically it. Yeah. So there was like a part of me that was getting a little bit defensive. You're getting the assist. In like... I was, yeah, exactly. I was getting the assist. Like I was getting props, but then I wasn't getting the big payday yeah, of yeah, the striker. Yeah. So that was a very uncomfortable feeling that, um, I don't know, it's an ego thing. Like yeah, yeah. I'm no. human after all. So that was important. And like I, what I love about the podcast is you can hear certain moments of me actually like ramble on about it on my own fucking show. I'm like, you guys are getting the fucking compliments, not me, you know? Yeah. Um, that's the interesting thing about these podcasts. Like I could really see... I've been doing it for like a year and a half now. I could really see the moments that I was having like a love-hate relationship with social media or a love-hate mm. relationship with people getting the compliments and not me. Like you could see my internal struggles and like me grow as a person. God yeah. knows what it's going to look like in a few years time as well. Yeah, I think I think that point about what you said there about like you like the podcast host not getting the plot it's so funny because it's something i've been thinking about a lot recently and like i veered away from the plot it's but i've wondered why i've started podcasting myself you know it's like mm. what what was my reason for podcasting and i think <clears throat> you know the saying like most men live lives of quiet desperation i think ultimately it was like uh and my answer to that it was like how can i not be desperate and how can i take a chance at something new and creative and you know mm. maybe express myself and it was through podcasting <clears throat> and I figured out obviously through the solo podcasting that it's not my style I think it's good for maybe a comedian or something like that I think they're kind of funny you know like they'll rant away at like current affairs or storytellers storytellers yeah. but for me it's 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 not quite worked yet that's not to say that it, ha- it won't work in in the future when when I have time maybe to map out a solo show myself maybe I don't not not in my thinking right now but it it is very interesting because I think in a way like the reason for setting up um or for starting the podcast was almost an attention grab from myself you know like because ultimately I started off my my podcast was called the david cotter experience half of that was not knowing what to call it and just needed to start it in the moment and obviously copying at the end of joe rogan's but it was it was about me like the the title showed that it was you know it was my experience you know or you were going to be experiencing a conversation that i was going to be having and when you said there about the like not getting the plot it's a funny one because you never will as a podcast host i believe unless you're on like a very macro scale and you're on a big, you're a big podcast host, but you won't really, people will talk about the episode. Like they won't, they won't talk about say behind the mic as a whole. They'll say, Oh, that Mm. episode with such and such was so good because he talked about drugs or that episode was so, so good because he was vulnerable or she was vulnerable or, you know, like that's something that Mm. needs to be talked about. It's not really like, you know, congratulations, Dave or, or Debbie, you know, your, your show is great overall. It's a, that story was so good. I disagree. I, I would disagree with that. And the reason why I disagree 
is because I know that I I haven't been doing this long enough, David. And once I get I keep showing up on people's minds and people's feeds and all that, then there's gonna be a consistency. Mm. And that fucking common denominator is gonna be me. And it's gonna be you. I'm not saying it just for me, right? I'm saying yeah. it for you as well. <laughs> that common denominator then is gonna be the person asking the questions. That's the likes of the Joe Rogans, the Lex Friedmans, Howard Stearns, Oprah. Mm. What's the fucking common denominator at the end of the day? It's them. Mm. So, but it's the time that take that it takes, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you put that into context, it's like the reason why I disagree is because right now, yes, it's the few guests that are coming on that are getting it. But slowly, slowly, they're going to be like, I liked the episode with, for example, Shawnee Smith. I liked the episode with Dara Fleming. But I also saw that she interviewed this guy that Dara also knows. And like then it starts piecing together. And that was like probably one of Joe Rogan's successes was the fact that he started interviewing everyone to a point because he had more than a weekly episode. He had mm. fucking three a week of course you're going to end up fucking talking to everyone that's important yeah, of yeah. course the episode number is going to go out and then it's going to be you so that's the only reason why i disagree just because once you start hitting the 100 episode mark the 200 the 300 then they're like then they're going to say like oh this one's fucking real like this mm. one isn't going anywhere i'm going to stick around for this one now She's yeah, not on yeah. some notions. She's he's he doesn't have notions, you know, a silly idea. That's the only reason why. I could be wrong, you know. No, I could no, be. no, I one hundred percent get what you're saying. But I yeah, I think I think maybe it's like an instant gratification thing for me, you know, like it's like I presumed that everyone was gonna be like, Oh, Dave's the man, like, you know, he's he's pulling on a podcast. When in actual fact they were probably saying the opposite at, at the beginning, they're like, What the fuck is he doing with himself now? One hundred percent. He's always doing something outlandish and out yeah. of the ordinary. But there is an element that to an extent, I think certain podcast hosts are the star of the show, but I think other podcast hosts are an incredible vehicle to 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 a story, you know, like Yes. Like to me, because when I listen to, to Joe Rogan now, before before I would have listened to Joe Rogan for Joe Rogan, but I think mm. the more I begin to like analyze like Joe Rogan's style and <clears throat> some of his shortcomings, I will now listen to Joe Rogan for his guest which is the opposite to the way I would have started listening to him. Like my thing mm. when I was maybe six or seven years ago was Joe Rogan's the man because I love his interviewing style. Maybe that's just my my mindset changing. But now my favorite interviewer is Stephen Bartlett, the diary of a CEO. I, I just think he asks such good questions. Um, his his, his get type of guest is probably more up my alley now. You know, I kind of like, the, the guests he is on you know his soccer players and things like that <clears throat> but joe rogan for me sometimes i just see shortcomings in how he understands issues and stuff like that and this isn't like the anti-vax thing or you know like any of that stuff 
like I continue to listen to Joe Rogan, but it's more for his guests. And I still class him as like, you know, my godfather of podcasting. But it, it's funny how my kind of who, who I actually probably started podcasting because of has mm. through my own podcasting journey, I've fallen less in love with and I've kind of switched because I now view it as kind of more of an art form that I'm kind of learning from mm. and taking pieces from. Is, do you have that kind of, you know, way of thinking about anyone or? Yeah. So I completely agree with that. And honestly, David, it would have probably been alarming if the only person you would have looked up to in the podcasting space is Rogan. You know, mm. that's a beautiful thing. And that's the reason for all these podcasts is it's not just one person that you should look up to. You're supposed to create your own style. No one is ever going to replace Joe Rogan. No one ever. Because at the end of the day, this is a conversation that you're having with people. So it's about creating your own one and learning from people. And like, if you don't like how he, what he does here, you don't do it. You learn it. Um, so yeah, it would have been alarming if it's just one person. And in fairness, a lot of people do go like, oh, I want to be the next Joe Rogan. I'm like, you're mm. not going to be the next one. Like fucking cheesy as shit. But yeah. he's the only one. Um, the, the media company, the world doesn't need another one because he's already serving it. And also podcasting is there for a long ass time, dude. Larry King was in a fucking wheelchair interviewing people. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Rogan can do it until he fucking dies and he will and he should because it's class. Yeah, yeah. Um, In terms of styles and people that I look up to, I study Rogan a little bit in terms of I learned how to shut up because of him. So he lets people talk. Um, I also think weirdly enough, I've sort of, I do have a similar style to his where I'm not niched down. Mm. So I bring in people that I'm just really, really interested in. I sit them down face to face, ideally. And I'm just curious about everything. So that is very similar as well. And then there is sort of like an element of similar to him having the MMA show. I am slowly starting to build up a women in sport thing mm. at the side as well. So it's there's that like common feature to it. Other than that, um, yeah, I, I listen to other people. I think it really depends. Mm. Um, sorry about that. She's barking. Let me stop. Maisie. Sorry about that, David. I apologize. You're, you're fine. Sorry about that. No, I no, you're, no, you're fine. I actually was interested about the niche thing as well, because that was something I noticed about your podcast as well. I did see, like, I saw common themes and the team was not, like, not niche. And I see that with my own as well. Do you think that's like, um, <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me, that plays against you're you fine. in any way? In the short term, yes. In the long term, no. That's yeah. the bet that I'm kind of doing. So in the short term, you actually mentioned like the instant gratification of podcasting. Mm. And I think that's a massive factor into it. And that's why so many people drop off because 
a lot like it's very hard to get listeners consistent mm-hmm. ones so unlike social media where like you can go viral w- really quick or you can post something and you get those likes really quick you think that you have or you believe you have or actually did have the best conversation yet and it gets 20 listens mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it because that's something that you're really interested in and the guest is really interested in, but no one gives a, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, that's basically like a massive issue. Sorry, not the fucking cat. Jesus Christ, I'm in fucking zoo over here. Anyways, so that. So am I screwing myself over in short term? Yeah. In the long term, no. Now, the reason for that, in my opinion anyways, is because I don't have one interest that I could keep talking about for the rest of my life. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Like, um, so it wouldn't really be true to me because my interests have always been like out there and I'm a little bit fucking messy in that mm. way. Um, but yeah, that's basically it when it comes to niche uh, niching down. That, I feel like there's a lot of like mental health stuff happening too as well. And I think that's super important and I do like to talk about it, but I'm also very aware that I'm not qualified in it. Mm. So uh, I don't want to make that my image because all I do is chat to people and see how they're doing. And then like if the top, if the chat about mental health comes up because it's a really very real topic and a very real experience, I then like we, we dance, you know, like we chat about it. But I can't go giving my tips and tricks about mental health because. Yeah. That's the job. There she is. That's the job. For anyone listening, that is um, Debbie's dog just staring, staring at the camera. I'm so sorry about that. It's always fucking misbehaving over here. Yeah, we're going to close the fucking curtains because um, there is. Yeah, close that. Thank you. Oh, you have a helper as well outside us. We have a fucking helper. So, ah, there's a dog barking outside. So then she is. So this is um, a bulldog and a dash hound mix. So okay. she's 12 kilos of steel, kind of like a dash hound on steroids. There we yeah. see a bull dash. Um, also called seahorse slug shark for seahorse those. Slug shark. Seahorse slug shark. Because she has a belly. That's like a fucking, you know, those seahorses when they have like a shape like that. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's how she looks, you know, because of the dash. Yeah, yeah. A slug because she has really short legs and fucking drags her fucking <laughs> body wherever she goes. Does she have back And a problems? shark because she has. No, thankfully. In fairness, mentally, she's a bit weird. Mm. Because of the bulldog and the dash hand mix. Physically, though, she got the good ends of the stick for. From both so like she doesn't have the breathing problem she doesn't have the back problems yeah yeah do you that's basically it so do you i'm um... so sorry we can get going now no no you're all right um yeah because the, the mental health one is is a funny one because it kind of comes up a lot in a lot of conversations that you have like that i've had with a lot of people it seems to rear its head in, in next to almost every conversation but like I, I, for one, wouldn't be the biggest advocate, like, you know, because I've never experienced it. I can't talk from experience of, you know, poor mental health issues or anything like that. But I do I, I do feel like I 
seem to get drawn into these conversations around it out of a curiosity. I think it's because, and I was, I've talked about this to Dara as well, like that I, me and mental health issues, it's like I'm waiting for this day that I'm going to be struck down with, you know, um, a mental illness or, you know, a, a, a sort of a depression or a downer. So I'm acutely aware that these are these are issues. But for now, I'm just treating them as like, um, stay over there. I'm aware you're there, but don't come near if 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 you are out there and if you are going to take me down. But yeah, like it's it seems to be a bit flooded. Um, doesn't it, is. it like it the, is. that kind of that niche or that area? It, uh, yeah, look, I think it also depends because right now with instant the way instant gratification works and all that. A lot of people do seem to get a lot of praise if they talk about their struggles, you know, and are vulnerable. Now, there's a difference sometimes and you can kind of read people's intentions on whether or not this is productive to the reader, if this is productive to the consumer, if this is going to help them, or if this is just chatting away for the likes, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can kind of see that. Then, for me, it's also that right now, with my knowledge of mental health and with my experiences, the most I can do is allow people to talk about their original experiences and sometimes paraphrase or mirror advice that I would have read or watched or -hmm. listened to. I don't have my own original theory to talk about or method. Does that make sense? Have you ever or, or booked, have you ever right? struggled with any mental health issues? <clears throat> of course, of course. Mm. I would have had a few interesting um uh, like things in my life. So I would have been diagnosed with probably like a mix of general and panic anxiety anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. but that there's also a correlation with uh, my asthma. So I would have this fun story. It would have been in the start of when I started out the podcast that I would have shared this story, but basically I've been asthmatic since the age of one, but I've been self-medicating since the age of seven. So there's this inhaler called Ventolin that uh, I used to use all the time by myself. And what happened there is growing up, I was mixing up the feelings of asthma and the symptoms of asthma with that of anxiety, which is breathlessness, for instance. So so they're they're quite similar symptomatically, like they're very similar. So like let's say if uh, I were to come with like a very risky text and send it to you, like listen, David, like you're fucking shit, blah 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 blah. Your heart starts racing a little bit, mm. like maybe you're breathing a little bit more. It's just like general anxiety that even if you don't have, if you don't suffer from it, you're gonna feel it. That's part of the human experience, right? So I was having that and I thought that that was an asthma symptom. So I was then over like over medicating on asthma. So I was like puffing away four times in one moment, multiple times a day between the ages of seven to 21. So then at the age of 21, then now the way doctors describe it now is it was kind of like I was inhaling cocaine to my heart. Jesus. Um, multiple times. And with that, then. Can't imagine one that'd time be very I, good for the panic attack. Nah. 
Exactly. So then what happened? One fine day when I was in Galway, I couldn't get out of bed. Like literally I couldn't get out of bed because just my alarm went off and my heart started racing because I had to go to work. Literally, that was it. But like I couldn't. So then that happened. Long story short, I got to hospital and they told me that I was addicted to my inhaler. Like an absolute loser. Literally. Like inhaler. <laughs> Addicted to my fucking inhaler. Some people have some really cool comeback stories. I was addicted to heroin, and you didn't... opioids, meth. No, for me it's ventoline. So you, you so yeah. But did like how often? How many times a day would you take the inhaler? So to become addicted to it, I was probably taking it like four, I was going so so I was pressing it four times. Yeah, and using it maybe like three times a day. So four, eight, twelve. So that was like twelve shots. But you also were, remember, ultimately, you were using it when you weren't supposed to be using it. Yeah, exactly. That's basically it. So oh, okay. um, uh, that was happening, and that just comes with like independence. Like it's, it, it wasn't a parenting thing. It was a Debbie thing because of. Uh, I've always been left to my own devices. If mm. that makes sense, it's just an accident. It's like came. So yeah, then that happened, and then. Um, they took the ventoline away from me, put me on a different type of steroid that I'm still on right now, which is like a preventative for asthma. Mm -hmm. But I was also put on antidepressants and I was also put on, what was I put on? Uh, a really scary medicine called Singular. It's an asthma medication. It's a pill because obviously I still have asthma, but that gave me hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So... That was a bit, that's a really long story short. I kind of gave you a year and a half and put it into yeah. that. But I'm not on medication anymore. I just, I'm a massive advocate for using medication and like being aware of what you put into your body in terms yeah. of medicines and stuff. I'm not anti them whatsoever, whatsoever. I'm on Panadols all the time. Like I use them, but um, the one mistake I did was with Singular, so with that asthma medication, I didn't read the side effects on mm. the leaflet. I did question my doctor in saying that I I had too much medicines medicine on my plate, and he said it's grand, you know. But in reality, I really should have read the side effects because it was right there. It was suicidal ideations, hallucinations depression i have no idea how the fuck this uh, medicine went to market but it didn't and like it didn't go that far did it to them side effects with suicidal ideas yes 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 so oh, it, it went there so within a week of using that medicine i was full-on having some really weird horrible and really scary and graphic thoughts but i also like i remember like going into a sheer panic david and i closed my eyes and my body floated up so mm. my body floated up and I looked down at myself and I was <laughs> I was wearing uh, a rugby colored top that was black and white with the Guinness logo on it. Mm. That was like what my brain created. That was basically it. And then I opened my eyes and obviously I'm not fucking wearing that. Um, and that like creeped me out. And then we went on Google really quick and it's just like all the Google search results over there were just talking about these mental health side effects of this uh, like medicine, which is singular. So after that, I called, obviously I got off it and all that kind of stuff. And since then I've just like, it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth mm. in general for like that sort of stuff. Obviously it was my experience. Um, however, a lot of people have had that experience with the asthma meds 
so the mental health side effects and all that. But yeah, that's basically it. But now it's like we're all good, you know. I hope, yeah. anyways. Do you? It's think, just like. Do you yeah, think tell me. Do you think that you're an intense person in general? Um, because I heard you saying in one of your episodes, this was another one. I actually only just caught the start of it. But you said that I, and I think I might even be quoting you here. I don't even think I'm paraphrasing or paraquoting you. It was like, if I have a video to edit, I will not go to bed. I will stay awake for 12 hours straight until I get it finished. Is there like oh, an, ex- yeah. an excessiveness and an intenseness in your personality anyway? Mm, yes. Yes, I I am a very sarcastic person and I'm a very silly person, mm. but I'm the most serious one. Yeah. And one thing that a lot of my friends kind of do say about me is that I jump back and forth from that really quickly. Um, so they don't know. It's not even that they don't know which side of Debbie it's going to be, but uh, it's kind of like oh shit, we're talking, we're serious now. Oh, we're not. Oh, we're serious again. So I am kind of like that. Am I excessive in that regard? Yeah. So um, when it comes to like my intensity, yeah, it might rear its head in different ways. Like you mightn't be intense talking to me now, but when you get your mm. head down doing your podcast, you might be intense. That's how it might, you know, yeah. like... Um, Show itself. For me, it's like, aha, okay. So, like, the way my character is, is that you, I try and give my all to everything, if that makes sense. So, I am very serious does, but I can't about what I, I do. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, I am very serious about like what I do and all that kind of stuff. So, like, let's say this podcast right now, right? My dog is fucking off, like, off the hanger. Piss me. It, it irritates me. Because I know that I can do better, but mm. there's shit happening that's out of my control that I'm not happy about. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I want everything to be good that I can control. That's mm-hmm. literally it. So um, if we're, if I'm editing a podcast, so like I've had this a lot of the time when it comes to it, where it's like, Deb, you need to post more clips quantity rather than quality i'm like yeah but i'm not gonna fucking post shit content either Mm. does that make sense yeah so i am a little bit like that i am for sure i can't say i'm not yeah what like because i've seen your content and it's very well done what would constitute shit content for you would it be anything other than what you already post we'll say that quality of work okay so that work so one TikTok clip, right? Depending on the guests, depending on the way they talk and whatnot, could take like a 30 second clip could take between 30 to 40 minutes. And the reason for that is I treat short form content as its own piece of work. So I try my absolute hardest, although I can't because this is a long form conversation that happened in the past. I try my hardest to clip it up in such a way that what like the sentence started and ended and the statement can stay mm. like can present itself it's like on its own it can stand on its own yeah of mm. course there's so many things that like add to it right that go into uh, the topic at play yeah but 
hopefully then like my message and that's what I've been trying to do where I add like this is an episode from a podcast is I try my best to show people that this is like for full context you can go get it that's it but Mm. the content has to stay there so let's say if I want to increase the quantity you know Mm. and lower the quality I'm leaving the arms in I'm leaving the butt likes I'm leaving the eye rolls and the looking around, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's no longer a nine by 16, but it's a 16 by nine, or maybe it's a square instead. There's a lot of things that I can definitely n- remove in my process to increase it. But then in reality, is it going to serve the platform, right? Mm-hmm. No, because if people are on TikTok. I'm competing with people's thumbs and I've got two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If within those fucking two seconds there's an um and there's a butt like, then I've lost it. I've mm. lost it. And there's no point. I find it anyways, that there's no point in me leaving those in, ha- gaining time, yes, although rather than having 40 minutes and I've got like one really good clip that can get me maybe 20,000 views or 10,000 or fucking 200. God knows who. God, mm-hmm. God, God knows what will happen. Let's play. Let's be real here. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have one good clip than have all of these ones. And then it has two views mm-hmm. or zero. Mm-hmm. If I can't serve people with the podcast, at least I want to fucking serve them with a 10, 30 second clip. That's Does that int- make sense? Yeah, that that's so interesting. Yeah, because... I, I I personally go for the quantity approach because I mm. I hate editing. That it's the bane of my life. Like I absolutely hate it's that. And I've talked to so many people. But for me, I can't wait for the day that I can offload it to someone oh my God. up work or something like you know, that that's my like hallelujah moment. <laughs> yeah. But the moment I, that the podcast gets like, monetized, I'm sending it there. Oh, I think I'll do it beforehand. Once I have enough spare change in my hand, you know, maybe I'll get Fair a bump enough. up a, a raise at work or something. I will I will put that money towards, um, you know, editing my podcast and doing better for my podcast. Mm. But right now, I hate it so much. And I, I spoke to this. But you have person. to love the process, David. Though. I love the conversation. I love the art form of the... Like, I love... The yeah. conversation to yeah. me is the art form. The, mm. the the editing is baggage. You know, it's like for me, it's unnecessary it, baggage, it, it, but it's necessary baggage. Yeah. Ultimately, if you want to yes, grow the podcast, you need to have it on video and you need to be marketing yourself and the podcast. So that was interesting to hearing 100%. how you how you package your your um your clips as individual art forms and not actually um a part of the the podcast mm. itself this this is to be used it can be used in isolation or as a, a marketing tool mm-hmm. but you you ultimate like obviously the the idea is i'm sure for your podcast to grow that is the ultimate reason why you're doing it but at the same time you're looking to serve someone with yeah. with a good piece of content for me that's interesting to hear because i've only ever thought of it from the point of view of I'm just marketing myself and it's very lazy marketing might I add it's just you know like fucking quick taking out maybe the juiciest line out of someone's uh, monologue or something you know that 
I feel is the most emotionally it it stokes someone's emotions most or it might mm. um resonate with someone the most. I'll pull the juiciest 40 to 40 second to one minute clip or whatever it may be out of that. But like you said, then I'm a victim to the the buts, the ams, the us, you know, like because I'm mm. not editing them out. I'm just doing this because it's part of the podcast. Like I have to do it. If unless I want to get fucking 10 listens from my mother, my father, and you know, like whoever listens to my podcast, like the 10 people that are, you know, the, the OGs, like, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The OGs. Look, I think it's also when it comes to me as well, it's like my editing has improved and the clips have improved. So now it's also like there's no going back. I don't I'm not gonna be lazy with it because yeah. then I'll be publicly lazy with it too. Yeah. So yeah, in saying that, look, I do agree. And like, whatever works for you. And it's also just like, at the end of the day, this is not life or death. Mm. It's really fucking not. It's not that deep. So it's if it serves you enough, then fucking good. You yeah. know, I also work in this fucking field. So like, I'm doing this all the time. I'm at my laptop all the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm not editing a clip, I'm editing something for someone else. So it, I don't know. It's uh, It would be very similar. You know what the comparison would be? It would be something like if a, a contractor or a constructor or whatever, or a, a bricklayer does a really good job for clients, but then you go over to their place and the work is a piece of ass. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. basically it. So for me, that's like where I'm at in my life, where if I'm doing good work for other people, I I'm gonna make I'm gonna do good work for me mm-hmm. too. Yeah, Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of fucking time. But yeah, that's basically it in fairness. You're you're gonna have if, if you ever have to offload your your editing, which you probably will. I'm gonna point. be a bitch, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna say you're gonna be a nightmare. I'm gonna be a bitch. <laughs> fucking hell. No, look, in fairness, that's a fucking common topic that comes up all the time. It's like I I know I know that someone like I can give them every, all the ways I edit and it can be done. But I think for me it's just <laughs> I, I think they just have to do a different style when it comes around. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, not because not I know that they can't do a better job than me, because they definitely can. But ideally, it's a different style. So that's something else is bring, being brought to the table. Because then I hopefully, I have, there's two people editing. It's me and someone else. <laughs> mm. So that's basically it. Yeah, 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 yeah. With your, would you say so that with your podcast, you serve yourself or you serve your audience i serve myself yeah i think i do too i serve myself in a way that i don't i haven't been doing this long enough to know who the audience is if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's not like like i have a rough idea slowly as more time goes along but um i feel like me serving me will help others and will serve the audience eventually right yeah i think it would be weird 
I, I'm sure there are days where I'm just like, yeah, this will really help someone else. Maybe not me, but this will really help someone else. When I start the conversation, I always try and reflect and go, how can I make this the best one yet for me mm-hmm. and for someone listening to it? So when, weirdly enough, when a, when you know when a guest is rambling on and so, talking some, they're spitting bars, they're talking some really good <laughs> shit, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. They're and in you're their, just like, flow. they're in their fucking flow. And you're like, I can't wait for people to hear this. My first t- trail of thought isn't, wow, like, whoa, so cool. I love this. I'm your biggest fan. It's, it is like, it is other people at the end of the day. But yeah, it is to serve me. Isn't it like, yeah, that's, that's unreal. And the, the thing is like, we experience the flow like most conversations like you're going to hit a point in the conversation where you're like whoa holy shit like i'm on autopilot now or you're on autopilot and and it's connecting Mm. obviously that's harder to do through zoom but i don't think sometimes i think the audience do get that but more often than not i'm not sure if it translates because I can always tell because I'll 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 come out of this sweating yeah. like you know or like you know I'll be like and I'll come mm. out to my girlfriend I'd be like oh my god that was such a good episode but I I know so good. yeah I come out of every episode <laughs> thing saying that like, the best know, one yeah that was unreal. I wonder how many calories podcasters lose from having a conversation oh, like uh, that's uh, like a, ve- a very like profo- shaking a very profound conversation where you're like hitting the spot of you know like again mm. where you're in the flow i think it's oh uh, it's it's unbelievable but like how like do you, is do you ever feel like quitting do you ever feel like oh fuck this shit <laughs> oh my god like if you yeah. don't if you don't say all the time i'll start crying yeah, yeah, yeah. no look I do think of that, you know, like I think more than just like quitting, I think of, is this worth it? Mm. You know, so I don't question my love for it. I don't question whether or not this is a good thing. Do I question if I'm going to get to where I want to be or where I think I am meant to be? Of course you question it. But I think that comes with the human experience. That comes with self-doubt. I think that comes with even an 18-year-old walking into an interview for their first job ever. Doubt is part of life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, of course I feel it. But I think this is the way I'm building resilience Mm. publicly by showing up every fucking day every week for for around an hour and a half two hours going you guys haven't listened to me yet but i'm gonna keep showing up i'm not going anywhere Mm. you know that's it when it comes to the quitting thing you know do you ever listen to to successful people say saying things like I always knew I was going to make it or stuff like that. And, you know, you know, like mm. I never doubted myself once. I always question that. I'm like, how how can you have never doubted yourself? Like, I always think that that's a barefaced lie because there's believing in yourself and thinking, you know, I'm mm. going to get there. But there is also that fucking 
the, the moments where you just want to pack it in. And I don't care if you're Michael Jordan or you're someone else. There's moments where you're just like, is it worth it? Like, you know, there is mm. moments. Um, but it's just something that I tie with all the time. And I think it gives people kind of this this false sense of, you know, only people that are super motivated and driven will ever do something, you know, worthwhile. And it's like, no, you can do you can you can you can do it. And you you have to be aware that there are going to be moments where you're going to be like, what the hell is all this shit for? What what is it for? Like, because ultimately, like I, I think about this all the time. If I were to quit today, it definitely wouldn't be a, a, a failure because I've left like in my mind, I've left a good digital footprint for if 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 nothing else comes of it, that my great grandkids can hear how, you know, how their great grandfather spoke or who he spoke with, what he was interested in. <clears throat> and it's probably as like because for them, they'll have never heard or they won't be able to ever hear me having a full conversation, you know, about anything. And they can say, God, did you hear what he was talking about 200 years or 150 years ago? That's and it, it. it so many people say there. that. Yeah. So it's... many people say that about podcasting and stuff, especially podcasters. They go, this is really cool because this is for my children, for my grandchildren and whatever comes along. It's like they're going to get to know me, mm-hmm. you know. Weirdly enough, I saw this really fucking cheesy tweet, right, today. And it was like, we don't know. There's no businesses that have been around 2000 years ago, but we have books that have been around two, yeah. for 2000 plus years. And it's like, shit, yeah, you're right. You know, like hopefully this is only going to be like, who knows what the fuck it's going to be in a, in 100 years time, man. Yeah. Like probably a microchip, mm. N- not even a hard drive that I buy so many of that's like 100 euros. Yesterday I had to buy a USB stick, right? Mm. 10 years ago, that was like for fucking what? Five gigabytes, you're looking at around 20 euros, if not more. A 32 gigabyte USB stick is seven euros. Yeah. Well, I actually think like ultimately what what we're doing now, the art form that we're creating, like the podcast game, Mm. it's it's very similar. Like, and I like in no way do I, do I, well, I do equip, mean that they're kind of equal but you know like the likes of um the stoics like marcus Aurelius, these were people that spoke mm. openly or in his case he didn't he just wrote them down you know he didn't like it, it's yeah. it remains to be seen whether he wanted them to be published or not but you know like there there's these people we never know. <laughs> in, yeah exactly there's these people um that will ultimately go down in history as the kind of newer form of the Stoics, like, you know, your, I don't know, like mm. John Peterson's and all these kind of people that are semi-famous. Maybe they're not the exact same as them, but how can they be? Because they're hundreds of years and thousands of years later. Mm. But like, I, th- I think when we're talking about what, what our podcasts will be to a much lower level, unless like our podcasts blow up someday and they become really big, they will be a low level of, you know, um, a digital creator will be the equivalent to a small time, you know, um, author. And, you know, like it, it yes. digresses as you go further back, which is kind of a funny thought because I've never thought of myself as creative or like you, you've probably have because you kind of like messing around with the videos and stuff like that. But it's, That's yeah, right. it's, <laughs> you, you fuck about that. with your videos. <laughs> you and your stupid fucking Premiere Pro. Like, do you t- do I love you, it. 
do you think that you are special? Yeah. In what way? I think I'm different in the way that I ask my questions. Everyone's different. I though. think everyone's different. Yeah. But are you special? I do. You know, fucking way. Yeah. Like, and what what I mean by that, you and your fucking water. <laughs> no, but what the reason why I think I am special is not in a I am better than. So I really hope people aren't getting that about me that I think I am better than other people in that I'm regard. I'm going off your high horse, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not on my high horse. I am not on any horse whatsoever, actually. So I really hope that that doesn't get like clipped in a wrong way. The reason why I think I am special is because I have a very interesting some people might think disadvantage some people might think advantage it's the way you look at it but similar to how you started it out david people aren't relating to me and i am a little bit anonymous in the regard that i come from a very small country that not that many people live there our population is very small our country is very small so my identity over here is very tough to pin pinpoint i am a gray area walking around where's that accent from what does she look like what what you know i also have a very generic name too so that helps and i'm using my unfair advantage in such a way in a special way there i say mm. where i think i'm bringing i'm i think i'm highlighting and i'm bringing a different side to people that are constantly interviewed so that's what I mean by special mm. in that not better than in unique difference. If this were happening back home, I don't know if that would have been the case. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I would be part of an entire population, but over here I'm different because I'm not Irish. Yeah. But I'm talking to ma majority Irish people and interviewing as if I am one of your own. Not saying I'm Irish. I don't even qualify for fucking citizenship. I am an EU citizen. So technically, like, I have the same benefits as you guys. So it's, it, I really hope people don't get the fucking, like, uh, please take it in a good way, please. But mm. that's literally it. Um, that's why I think I'm special. I don't think I'm different, though. I, I don't think I'm better than, like, that sort of thing. I think we are all equally special. And it's about pinpointing the unique talents that we have and using them for our own benefit. When you were younger, did you... Because, like, I'm just using podcasting as an example. Podcasting is a pretty... Probably not as uncommon as it was, but it's a pretty weird quirk in your personality. I mean, someone like puts themselves out there to talk publicly with someone and put themselves at the peril of other people's opinions. It's, it's a strange one. And it, it probably, it's probably one of the more um, treacherous ones in that you have to be able to speak 
and you have to be articulate. Mm. Otherwise, you're you're no good if you can't if you can't think and speak on your feet, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier. You know how difficult it is to do. You're going. You're not. You're not going to be good at it. Like, like you can. You can have a stutter, and you can have these things, and you can pull them off. But if you're not thinking correctly, you know it, it won't be a good podcast. So, do you think when you were younger, did you ever think that you would do something like this? Because it, it's, I think, I think it's quite special to do something like this. Did you ever think that it, you were going to end up doing something like this? Say, eight or nine year old Debbie running around Malta. I always had an idea in me that there would be cameras involved, mm. that there would be some form of creation and talking involved. So weirdly enough, we didn't have cable. We only had cable at the age of like when I was like 10 or 11. So we were watching Italian television a lot of the time besides Maltese. And I was always fascinated by the talk shows. And what I was fascinated by was how do they, like, how are they saying things so comfortably on camera? You know, like, do they have a script? That sort of thing. I was always, I was always curious. I wasn't really exposed to podcasting and didn't really think that that would be my route. However, podcasting became a very special place to me when I moved to Ireland and I didn't know people. And like the one thing that was entertain me, entertaining me was hearing people have conversations in my ear. You know, I was like, mm. ah, you know, like I caught myself walking around and smiling. I was like, shit, Jesus Christ, Deb, you look a fucking bit embarrassing. But it was good for my mind at the time. So things started to like piece together a little bit when then I remembered like at the age of 14, I would have had an interview with like an athlete for a school project. And I remember loving it and transcribing it. So if we were to go back, would there have been signs? Yes. For instance, in the school plays, I was the nar- the narrator, you know, mm. I wasn't acting. There, there were those little signs. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, um, yeah, like I wouldn't have thought that I would be asking people questions on camera for fun. But I do think I would have had something journalistic mm. or communications related. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I actually asked that because when I was younger, <clears throat> the exact si- similar experience to you. So my dream was never really to be an actor or, you know, like I played guitar mm. and stuff, but I never really wanted to be a singer. And of course, I wanted to be a, a soccer player. That, that's every young kid's dream, boy or girl, I think. Yeah. you know, They want to be a professional sports star of some, some kind. They want to hear the crowd roar back up. But to me, yeah. <clears throat> the next best thing was... A talk show host and i like mm. i always thought in my head i was like and i always remember saying it i was like god i'd, lo- I'd love to host the late late show <laughs> i'd love yeah. to, i'd love to hold as lame as that sounded and actually pat kenny would be one of my least favorite um interviewers at the time but he was the one that i grew up listening to so where we where you probably see ryan tuberty now when i was younger it was pat pat kenny mm. and he was so boring i was like god he's so crap <laughs> He's so crap at it. But it's it's just funny how these things from like, and I remember thinking this when I was seven or eight. 
ending I think it got lost in translation somewhere I thought I was like oh I'm gonna be famous somehow you know or something like that and mm. now once I'm older and I realize I realize that it's not the fame that I want but it's like the and actually I think I sorry no this is this is me thinking again as I'm talking so I'm gonna veer now for a second I think when I started the podcast I was expecting instant gratification I was expecting people to crawl to me and say, whoa, that's so, you're so good. You're putting yourself out there. I was expecting thousands of listens, you know, within weeks, everyone's going to be listening because the I'm late, late show. is yours, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah, the late, late show. We fucked Ryan Turbidy off. And now it's Ryan. <laughs> the late, late show with David Cotter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, I kind of thought the podcast was going to be like this big thing, universally accepted by everyone. But it's funny as I as it's progressed and as I've done more guests, I've become so less worried about the views and more about the quality of the conversation that I'm having with someone. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. That's fucking where mm. the sweet spot's at. You know what I mean? Mm. I when I started out the podcast, I was told to not talk. So going from that to like, holy shit, that's my first critique to I'm going to keep doing that and then I'm going to keep talking. Mm. That like changed everything around. I was like, all right, here we fucking go. You know, let me learn how to increase the quality of these chats. Mm -hmm. If 20 people listen to it, I really hope that they fucking enjoyed. Like those 20 people really enjoyed it. And hopefully they stick around Mm. for the rest of fucking time. You know, that's (laughs) that's literally it. Until you yeah, or, they, yeah. or they die, one or the other. No, but 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 that's it. That's it. It's like once you focus on the conversation and doing it again and doing it again and improving one over one percent every single time, the instant gratification won't be there because it's going to be really fucking slow, really really slow, mm. and it's going to go up, right? Yeah. If something were to go from like twenty million, twenty listens to a million. Imagine how difficult it is, right? If you had like a one hit podcast episode, imagine after that, it goes right back fucking down to 20. I, I had that I wouldn't... one of my episodes got thousands of listens and mm. it was one of my first ones. And I'm not, people probably know which one it was, you know, but I was like, oh my God, is this what it's going to be like? I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm so popular, but it was, it was the story. It was the story. And a talk about a stark drop off i was like what the hell have i done here i was like i've really rubbed people up the wrong way since my last episode but literally it's tough eh because i i presumed you know because i think yeah it was one of my first ones and <clears throat> we'll say the first three or four drop you know like it started off way better than what it is now dropped and then this one, and it just like I was like, oh my god, people have re loved my my show, like you know. But it it was the story, it was the story in the show. But um, yeah, it it was that that it's was so tough. That was that like, was probably uh, the worst thing that ever happened to me at the start because I was I I was just given this yeah. massive false like kind of idea massive of one. what was going to happen. No, 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 it's uh, horrible. Like I don't, I'm so glad I never really had that. I'm so fucking glad so far that it's just like a slow progress. 
the person in question was it, it was a very honest and candid conversation and to be fair the, the person is very well known around the place and all of their friends were sharing it and like it was like mm. I, I, I've, I've never I've never seen shares of my podcast get remotely like remotely close I had like because I'd reshared their shares I, I'd say I had about mm. 20 25 stories shared like it within like two, a good scroll days. yeah like it was it would have been sickening for someone Crazy. to scroll through my yeah but not, that's not, so interesting not to worry i got brought back down to earth and i continue to be brought back <laughs> down to earth each episode yeah since. it's so weird like i'm just gonna like say this but like it it feels really strange because like i keep going back to like the special question you asked and i'm like i really fucking hope that people don't think i'm some pompous asshole like no. the message i was trying to say was that like i think i'm special i think you're special and mm. i think you should think you're special does that make sense but mm. um but um but yeah like carry on no no what i was going to say there was i was actually because i think it does take something like ev- everyone's special what you said is is absolutely correct yeah. ev- everyone is special but yeah. not ev- everyone not everyone is really different and like I think it takes something special to, to to start a podcast and even more so to continue it. Like, because I think there's that yeah. stat like of 80% of podcasts, it's either 80 or 90% of podcasts don't get past episode four. And of, of the podcasts after that, 95% of podcasts don't get back past episode 21. So if you're Very past episode 21, you're in the top three percent of podcasts ever made, so you're you already go. setting the bar. And I, I kind of lose sight of that a lot as well. You know, when I'm kind mm. of feeling sorry for myself or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, know, when I'm like, off my high horse. <laughs> when I'm off my high horse and feeling not so special, but they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I was trying to say is, like, sometimes in my mind, I kind of think, is there something that sets me apart be- before doing this? And I'm kind of like, stop mm. thinking like that. And then I heard another quote that was like, you know, like really, really successful people have like three really important things in common. They mm-hmm. they feel like they oh, are special. They feel like they are special. Yeah. They mm-hmm. feel they feel as if they don't deserve what they have, and they are willing to put in more work than anyone else on the craft. Now, I'm not sure if that third one thoroughly, you know, like it, it aligns with me because I'm not sure how much everyone else is working. I can only gauge on how you can much, always put uh, in. Yeah. How, how long I spend on it um, because I'm not next and to also you. Work is different for everyone. You yeah, know, this, this isn't work for me. Yeah. Like uh, the conversations not work because no. it's an enjoyable thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's the hard work? Yeah, yeah. It's the the hard work is the work that everyone just presumes it happens. It's like, oh, you see these videos from this podcaster. It's like, oh yeah, they're they're grand. Sure, that's only just cropping a video or whatever. You know, it, it, it mm. takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of fucking time. Such time and such. It's such a challenge as well. Yeah, let's take a pivot and uh, we won't... we're pivoting. Carry on. Okay, pivot and. I so many maybe... distractions. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Not by design, but I've never actually had a female, and I'm going to treacherous waters there, a female, and the oh, podcast. Not by design, but just out of, I don't know why. 
So you're actually the first one. So what's it like being a female in 2022? Or 2023, <laughs> sorry, Jesus Christ. It's like being a female in 2023. Um, I don't know. Interesting, I, I guess. So the podcast clips, like the the short form content and the comments have gotten slightly more interesting the more I keep pushing the conversations that I have, if that makes sense. Um, and what I mean by comments, I mean just if it landed on the wrong side of TikTok or YouTube shorts or anything mm -hmm. like that, um, I do get a little bit more of the like shittier like side, like the 14, 15 to 23 year old like trolls, you know, mm. that are mostly dudes. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of the process and that's fine. And literally like nothing has I've kind of not even like grown thick skin, thicker skin, but I've just understood that that's just part of the process, you know? And weirdly enough, what made everything feel better, what made me feel better is not that I felt bad. But it just expanded my view a little bit where Joe Rogan brought on these two YouTubers called Sam and Colby, right? And they kind of do these like ghost hunting, paranoid, like paranormal uh, YouTube videos. And they're like our age, 25, 26, mm -hmm. something like that. And he posted it on his Instagram and the amount of fucking hate that Joe got. It wasn't controversial, but the amount of criticism from his own like listeners saying like Joe Rogan took an L for this, da 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 da. It's like shit. Even even Joe is like disappointing some people in a way. He doesn't feel it, you know. So once I saw that, I was like, okay, then th these people are just gonna hate because like they just want to troll, they just want to be annoying, but then they get on with their day. So in that regard, it's fine. Um, in the podcasting space, I think it's all right, you know, like. Sometimes it's harder to like land guests or whatnot. I wouldn't say that it's per se because I'm a woman. Um, if that's I were a bro, that's just a hard yeah. endeavor, full stop. <laughs> anyway. It's a hard endeavor, full stop. Exactly. So it's literally just like if I like it was harder when I had 300 followers. Now it's a, it has increased a little bit, you know? So there's that. People can see the clips. They're like, ooh, I get to be behind a microphone and it's not on Zoom, you know? It's in front and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in 4K quality. That helps a little bit as well. Um, would it be better maybe if I were a bro? Sure. Who the fuck knows? I'll mm. never know. You'll never know as well. So um, it, it, I'm just like taking it as it is, you know? I think it's grand. Yeah. Like... I don't know what else I should be worried about. My ass hasn't been grabbed in a while, so like on the street, so I'm happy. <laughs> that, did, does that happen quite a bit? It used to when I was fucking 15. I was catcalled. Oh my God. All in the Malta, time. That's the that... one. In Malta, I would have been like, obviously, like you do get like the weirdos and like passing by around all the time. It's a really mm. sad thing, right? But like, I don't know. I don't know if your girlfriend has ever said this, but like, as a teenager, as a teenage girl, you get catcalled by grown men mm. more than you do in your 20s. Yeah. And that's really fucking gross, right? Because yeah. it's like, excuse, <laughs> I'm not taking offense to it, but it's also like, lads, 
this would be the age. This is the appropriate yeah, age, yeah, not yeah. 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you don't get it that much now, which is good. Man, that's, but uh, yeah, hopefully that's... the 15 year olds aren't getting it as well. What, what, what about in Ireland? Do you think like, is that culture there as well? um oh it's the same thing like same. look we, yeah, yeah yeah like we have similar cultures in that regard like we share the same uh values and religions we're also roman catholic like we have the same um taboo and don't talk about this and what are the neighbors gonna say and yeah, small town, that's our, small country yeah mentality, yeah the small of. the small country mentality like we have that we have that as well so yeah. i didn't really have a culture shock when it came to that regard Yeah, it's it's a conversation like I don't know if 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 I'm entitled to have anyway, you know, like because I'm always interested because even my last guest got me thinking a lot about like political issues and there's not political issues, but like, you know, like topical issues. I'd say I suppose are the red hot issues. I don't know. Do I have a place or can I have a place in talking about certain issues? Hmm. Like, look, it's yeah, it's a tough one. So, for instance, for me, I would have gotten a little bit of shtick recently with the women in sport clips that I've been putting out, which I have been a little bit unapologetic for. And it has mostly been dudes coming back, you know. Do yeah. they have a place to talk about women in sports and the way women have been, female athletes have been advertised? No. Could you still because value like freedom of speech? Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Talk about it. If if uh, it affects you, you know, and if uh, like the thing is when it comes to like this whole female stuff and whatnot, I don't think much about it because I can't change much. Does that mm. make sense? Mm. Um, I really can't change it. So it's more. It's not even about adaptation. It's more just like I am not an activist at heart, too. Mm. There's no ounce of Greta Thunberg in me where, like, yeah. I'm not a protester. I'm not a confrontational person. You're an artist. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a conversationalist. You're a creator. You're a creator. I'm a creator. I, I, I create the clickbait. I am not the clickbait. But, uh, in like, I don't really make much of it. Do I think that lads have a seat at the table when it comes to this sort of stuff of course am i qualified to say that no <laughs> um like let's be fucking but honest. i'm gonna say it anyway i'm gonna say it anyway and that's why i think i'm not special does that make sense though it's yeah, literally yeah. just like i would like the more fucking seats at the table to discuss what you're worried about discuss what you're curious about you know Mm. like let's discuss everything in a really nice way so that i understand the human experience better you know yeah yeah so um i would have gotten like tell me yeah mm, uh, no i was just gonna say like this this is where i'm coming from i think i'm gonna kind of not shy away from the conversations as much because I wouldn't say I have strong opinion like you I wouldn't have strong opinions I'm not an activist type person but you know when there's issues that are constantly in the news you know like uh, trans Mm. issues um female issues um like these are always in the news so I think we we probably like and I actually probably may 
male issues are something that are seem to be rearing their heads a, a lot and white male issues in particular because they feel like they have no voice at the moment you know and i think that's why the rise of like and i'm speaking about this to my last guest about the red pill ideologies with andrew tate and uh to a certain extent like jordan peterson's narrative now has gone kind of po- poisonous um i'm gonna pull up a screenshot that's really fucking good when it comes to this because i think your listeners would really fucking appreciate this and it's on the topic of the andrew tate one um and it's along the lines of how we consume social media right and why these things work well i didn't mean to interrupt you i never usually do but so basically this this girl on twitter asked along the lines of why is it that young boys have Andrew Tate? Why is it that young boy? It's wrong that young boys look up to Andrew Tate, but then Cardi B and Nicki Minaj are twerking on camera, and that's what young girls have. And I was like, weird fucking question, really fucking different, but like, you I, you can't say that the twer- the that twerking, comparison is false. The twerking to me is fine. That's not malicious, but. The mm-hmm. idealizing of Cardi B in general as a role model because she's openly like admitted, you know, that she has robbed men working as an escort. Exactly. The escort bit is her own business. But if you're robbing men, that that is an offense. Like that's that's a shitty thing to do to someone, whether you're that's very bad. Whether you're exactly, you know, doing it, yeah. whatever you're doing. Now, now context that, is key as well. Yes, say that. Carry so, on. That that is dangerous. Idealizing someone that does the wrong thing, and that we know, we I think mm. universally, even if you ask criminals, is it right or wrong to steal someone? It's different mm. to feeding your family. You know, you know, it's not like a mother, you know, stealing a loaf of bread from a shop to feed her kids. Exactly, exactly. That's it. But then it's also just like understanding. Sometimes I'm I'm not sticking up for Cardi B whatsoever. You, but, um, I, I I need to make sure, but. Uh, um, it's also understanding in context sometimes where like people do certain things for money and when they're mm. hung uh, like so that's like that's the way she fucking approached it was it fucking good of course not if she got caught by the police in that moment in time did she like should she have gone through the fucking process and whatever mm. and go to court yes now this was the response of one per of two people that I'd like to highlight so then someone said, it's absolutely okay for Andrew Tate to encourage young boys to be strong, not to treat women like inferior beings, though, and set these guys up for a lifetime of dysfunctional relationships, which is very fucking true. Mm-hmm. The thing with Andrew Tate was he was giving them really good like hard work lessons and all that kind of stuff, but he was going about it that men, women are fucking property. Interestingly enough, right now he's behind bars for a business that if he didn't have women, wouldn't have been a thing. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. Then someone else responded to that tweet and said, it's called fallacy of false equivalence and logic. It appeals to base emotions and not to reason. It bypasses the hard work of thinking. It is what works on social media to drive passion or engagement. So what this person said, basically, and that's what really hit me. And it kind of like changed the way I perceived people and how they consume social media. 
is the bit where he talks about bypassing the hard work of thinking and appealing to people's emotions and not to reason. Mm. And and then you go about it and you start thinking like back a little bit further and whatnot. What a lot of successful leaders, whether they were good or not, even in the history books, the one thing, even if they were really fucking bad, they got people's emotions, mm. you know? They, they did something in their speeches and whatever it may fucking be that hardwired someone to go, I'm not going to reason here. <laughs> He's right. Mm-hmm. She's right. I will follow him, her. You know, it's like kind of like a messiah type shit. Yeah, it's like a cult leader. So, bingo. That's it. And it's so interesting to see these people and how they go about it and see these people follow them, right? Yeah. You but know? It, it, it's exactly what I was... Uh, well, this is what I think. <laughs> it's exactly mm. what I was speaking to you about earlier, about the speech. Why, why, mm. do, why do I like people, how they talk straight away? Like, I'm caught on someone by how they talk, how, how they use English. You listen to Andrew Tate talk, you're like, Jesus Christ, this man is... <clears throat> So eloquent in what he's saying, he's, you know, like he's so his speech is so good. You listen to and he he can fool you then. You know, he can say anything. You're under his spell. So did Adolf Hitler. He shouted and, you know, like shouted out these commands and everyone listened to him. Jordan Peterson now speaks in a way that whether he's saying something good or bad. And this is what drew me to him when I was younger was how good he was at speaking and he could talk utter fucking shit he could ask what you know like one of the famous things he's being mocked about now at the at, at the moment is um what do you mean by is and what do you mean by belongs and what do, like he just asks a lot of stupid questions about the meaning of words you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. he does do that oh, he I does like he says well what yeah. do you mean by the environment and what do you mean by the climate you know because there's so many meanings and everyone you know like there well, are he, so many meanings. <laughs> he, he can ramble away about that, you know, like, or even some shit talk. He can it, do that. Yeah. And I will still listen to him. Now, I don't agree mm. with as much as I used to with Jordan Peterson anymore. And that's one of the kind of things that I, I'm i kind of it's upset about. It's a good about. thing, though. Yeah, look, yeah. it's okay to be upset about it. But it's like, you know what the really fucking fun thing about being a human is that ideally you don't agree with someone 100% but ideally you keep fucking talking to them Mm. and right now we live in a time where entertaining a conversation with someone that is somewhat like so-so in in terms of like reputation standards is shunned yeah 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 and it's like why and that is why we have seen such an increase in red pill content Mm. because these people are having questions and instead of allowing them a seat at the table, if they're going to be, mm-hmm. if they're going to be like beha- well behaved and this goes on both fucking extremes, please know this isn't just for one thing. Give them a fucking seat at the table. Let them listen. Let them listen. Let them ask questions, greet their questions with love, respond in an equal way, not in a fucking belittling way which is really fucking closed off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you'll change their mind because that's not up to you to change people's minds. A lot of people go about thinking that they're going, there's some fucking Gandhi or Mother Teresa 
saying that like, I am going to be the one that changes them. No, you're not. They're going to be the one that changes them. But you, you treating people with kindness and allowing them to fucking listen and not belittle them is where it's at. Mm. If they're going to take the piss, that's a different story then, mm. you know? And that's where social media has a little bit of a flaw, but it's also really interesting, right? Because before these types of interesting conversations, let's say if we were having this discussion in an auditorium, right? And yeah. there's 100 seats at the table. People would, wouldn't be as aligned to say such mean shit mm-hmm. because that means they would have to stand up and stand behind their words rather than now they don't. But then again, if we were to keep that same metaphor, if someone is then constantly yelling and ruining the peace there, and being mean for no reason, and that's where like the security steps in, hopefully the social media platforms, mm-hmm. and not shun, but deal with every situation differently. Mm-hmm. That's it. It really is that fucking simple. That's 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 very interesting as well. What you say about like listening to them, and it that's so true. And let like if you even just think about movies okay you look at the villains in in movies and you look at the joker you look at the the bad guy in the incredibles movie what happened to them these guys were just like they tried to be listened to by the main characters or by the you know the the famous person or the, the popular person and they were just shunned like no one wanted to listen to them and then that's when that's when they begin to rise. It's like they just couldn't be heard all along, and it's they rise with a malicious identity. And maybe look, sometimes it's not malicious. Like, and maybe we're all wrong. You know, maybe maybe the centrists are all wrong, or maybe the slightly mm. left or the slightly right people are all wrong, and maybe the extreme view is correct. Who knows? Who knows who's right really? But it does. Yeah, seem- everyone thinks they're right, you know, and everyone mm. thinks that their thoughts are themselves. Like everyone believes thinks that how their beliefs. How do you beliefs... not think this about this? How do you not think no, this? Uh... Yeah. And if you challenge that belief, they think they feel like you're challenging them. When in reality, your belief is shorts in your brain. But like, where the fuck is it? Go like, find me that belief. You can't. So that's why people like are so defensive. Um, and it's conversations like this that hopefully like open said stuff up. The opportunities are there for the middle ground. They are there. And I do think that it is a very massive silent majority, but Mm. it's the very small, loud minorities that are getting that. But at, at the end of the day, that's the way media works. Media, like, there's that story where a newspaper company every Wednesday were only giving, like, good news. It was like a good newspaper, right? Their sales every Wednesday went down. People don't like the good news. They say they hate the bad news, but they're the ones scrolling on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the way the human mind works. That's the brain. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's just about um, promoting independent thought. Yeah. I can't wait. That's like the exciting thing. Just promote independent thought. And that's why Joe Rogan has stood 
for a very long time, you know? Although no matter how hard people keep trying to say, oh, he's a right wing and all that kind of stuff. Which he's not. Like, if you actually, actually listen to him, he's not at if all. If you actually listen to him and all that kind of stuff, you would know that this dude just wants to fucking learn about everything. Of course, he's in his 50s, so he also has ideas from personal experience that he knows have helped him and all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So we we carry our own, not even personal baggage, but our own personal experience with us. Yeah, And I'm, hopefully we share it in such a way. No, I think you're 100% right. And I, I meant to say to you earlier when you were talking about Joe Rogan there as well, Joe Rogan's strong, like the reason Joe Rogan has become big is because he's never listened to the haters that have told him, don't have Alex Jones on or don't have so-and-so on. It's like, he has always just said, I'm doing this because I like this person because I know them personally. You know, if we're giving out about some, Joe Rogan shouldn't have um, so this dickhead or that dickhead on because they have an opinion on this one thing that we don't like that they don't have an opinion on. It's like, yeah, don't listen to what? it. It's like, I disagree with my mother over a lot of things, but I just can't, I can't say like, get her out of my life. I do not listen to my mother. You know, it's like, what? It's like, We're social beings after all. It's like, I'm sure we if we are. get deep into something, I'm going to disagree with you with it about yeah. probably, let's say 20% for argument's sake, but that does not yeah, mean yeah, that yeah. I should remove you from my podcast playlist, you know, or something. If I dislike hmm. one of your episodes. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's literally it. It's like we are social beings after all. And once you remove that factor from like your life or our lives or people's lives, then that's where fucking shit, shit gets really scary. And would I say that we're a generation that are cutting people off like it's no other? I wouldn't know because I think that deserves statistics. But I also know that we've heard all the stories of like witches, people that they said were witches were being burned or people that had a different skin tone were treated differently. Isn't that a similar version to it? Mm -hmm. It's not our generation. It's a human thing. The unfortunate thing is that we know better. Mm -hmm. And we, I'm not saying we haven't learned from history because we have. Because those things don't happen that much. We can't say it doesn't happen at all. It doesn't happen that much. But it's it's just changed versions, you know? You're t- we're digging at people with this little thing, with the Instagram mm. followers and all that. Yeah, and here's the thing. If, if the political, social, and economic landscape isn't uh, completely unrecognizable in a hundred years that should be a sure sign of a lack of progress if if it doesn't look completely different because that's progress is change it's like we we believe that the founding fathers of america were like outlandishly racist or stuff like i'm just saying like for example this is kind of what people are saying online but that's just because we've progressed so much what they were doing in their time was you know there was atrocities of course but what they did was you know start a democracy like no other we'll say for example and in i'm sure in another hundred years time they're going to look back on 2022 or 2020 as oh my god they were barbarians what they were doing you know and that's progress Mm. like if if they're not looking back on us like we're barbarians or you know in so many years that is not progress so 
Exactly. Exactly. I think the identity, like the element of like the human identity is slowly being peeled back, you know, mm. and a lot of people are holding on to it, which is very fair. Yeah. But uh, like, look, if we were to look at history, like, yeah, the people that have been somewhat safe of said things would be the white straight males. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, look, that's the fucking like if you were to look at the lists of presidents, if you were to look at like a lot of like the head of fucking companies, it's there. Yeah. But is it is it your fault, David? Yeah. That I didn't get a pay rise. Mm. No, it's yeah. not my. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not. I've, I've thought about that too, and I think the problem for white males <clears throat> is out is the outliers. The white the white male the outliers is, and God Almighty, like it's not a bad thing. You know, I'm so happy that there's so many heads of companies that are white males. Yada yada, <laughs> yada. But you know, like we we are the victims of of um our own outliers in society like because most white men aren't ceos most white men aren't killing themselves more than any other you know like most men are just average like me and like other white men but we have to listen to it too and but i don't mm. i don't i don't think anyone yeah. should feel the guilt of their forefathers like or anything like that because that's like generational guilt is not good for anyone like yeah. you know I, I think I think no one should feel guilty. I think it's more just identifying the wrong mm. and and going it will never happen again, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. basically it. And I think that's the message that a few people on the left are trying to say, like recognize your privilege. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to say. And it's that defensiveness of what do you mean privilege? I'm not privileged and all that. It's like, mm. yeah, you you might have a tougher upbringing. This person might have a tougher upbringing or tougher circumstances and saying that, yeah, 100%. But then it comes about in like recognizing those little things that made a difference. So mm. for instance, with the su male suicide rates, women attempt three times more than yeah. men. Mm. Is it a competition at the end of the day, David? No, we're fucking losing people. Mm. We are losing people that shouldn't be fucking lost. That's literally it. And let's figure out a way on how to talk about it, right? So that's one thing. Yeah. Then if we were to look at it in terms of like prisons and all that, why is this happening? Why are more men in prisons than women? Let's fucking understand it. Let's go about it in that way. Fuck the privilege thing. Like, honestly, screw mm. that. Let's figure it out. But then listen, in a corporate environment, ideally, like if you were, if I were to run my own fucking company and I have like a massive one and all that, I would, it would be amazing if you could get rid of the names and the people, you know, you don't, you can't identify these people mm -hmm. and you go, who has performed better in terms of performance metrics, who has helped the teams out more as well. So you don't just look at performance. You also look at um, the way they talk to people and stuff. Because something that's really interesting, right, is when I send emails out, I don't get responses from clients. When I tell a male colleague to do so, then the response is there. Really? That is something. Yeah. 
Jesus. And that's something very subtle. Mm. It's very fucking subtle. Is it the hard work that is there a difference in the hard work? No. S- working smarter or harder? What do I do now? They didn't reply. Fucking you, chase them yourself. Have no. you split tested yourself, AB? And do you ever I, sign you just, off your AB. own? Oh, sure, obviously. I, I, I always sign off. I sign off with Debbie. What yeah. I do is when I'm done with chasing, then I just send people, you know, like, like it's out of like I don't care anymore but mm-hmm. those are little things so then let's say if, if that were to be like put in like a performance thing probably it might look like you performed more than me when in reality I've been really fucking chasing with these emails and these sales but people respected you more mm-hmm. and that's and that's the difficulty mm-hmm. I've been told in corporate environments that I remind them of their daughter but not in a son like way like oh, he spoke to you like that because he looks at you like a daughter. I'm like, the only daughter I am of is of my father Mm. and not yours. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not your little sister. I'm a fucking, I am your equal, you know? Mm. And that is a dynamic that I can't fucking improve. I can't change. And that's where we go back to it. So you just learn how to fucking adapt. So it's those little fucking subtle things. It's those ones that I'm sure women would like men to understand more. Yeah. yeah. But then it's so funny. You like, guys have even there, more expensive insurance. Yeah. <laughs> expensive insurance. But like, that's something that I like, even you saying that to me now, I'm just like, what? I'm like, you know, like, what? that's just it's me subtle. not even knowing that this happens. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Just but, but, but they're so small. Exactly. But those are the little things that I did. But that's the beauty. Where did we start off with this? Jesus Christ. But like we started off with that's where the conversations need to be done, you know? And that's where rather than no park it, I don't talk about it anymore. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. Whatever it may be. Welcome it. Let's fucking let's flirt with the topic. That's it. It's It's funny uh, like because I probably like I'm six foot three nearly six foot four like so i i will rarely like you know be like obviously like you know exposed to any issues even shorter men might have you know like ordering a drink i like i will nearly always be if i'm not first i would be third or fourth you know like if it's a crowded bar i can put my hand over so <laughs> I, I can exercise <laughs> my 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 right to my altitude and just like i love that <laughs> turn her over the counter like you know but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like them small little things like um it, it's so funny now now that you're saying them like i'm like i have small little quirks or perks to being tall um but that's yeah. what i would have seen him as i wouldn't have seen him as being a man but then again but how look, would I, it, how com- would I know? it comes back how would you know and also it comes back to the topic of being special and how i said about these unfair advantages that we all have we all have them you know and people have used them and I hopefully you do use them or else it will be a waste. Of course. So I do. <laughs> it's just under, there you go. You know, if, if David asks for a vodka Coke, most likely it looks like a shot glass and his like massive hands, like towering over you and something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, some small girl at the bar turns around and says, I was before you. I was before you. I was before you. I'll be like, yeah, okay, bye. Bye. By men don't understand. <laughs> God, fucking nudge her off with like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Oh my god. <laughs> so anyways, um let's um let's wrap it up. Um Debbie. We could like the thing is I could go for another hour here, but I'm just aware that people will probably be 
tuning off and tuning out because yeah. like I said we're probably in flow right now but <laughs> the people might not yeah. be in flow with us so Debbie I'm not special enough for you're two, not special for at all. You're, the one <laughs> takeaway I want I want you to take away from this podcast is you're not fucking special don't ever think you are thank you okay. thank you for putting me in my place and off my high horse Debbie <laughs> what are you going to give my audience as a as a going home token or how are you going to give them a small piece of advice that might help them in their lives in their creative journeys in their creative pursuits or in just everyday their everyday life show up for yourself and have the hardest thing that you need to do in your day serve you and be for you and also you're special you are not thank you very much debbie it's been a pleasure thank you so much ciao ciao everyone i really appreciate it Bye bye.